You're listening to the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. In today's publishing landscape, you can reach fans all over the world. Query letters are a thing of the past. You don't even need a literary agent. There is nothing standing in the way of making a living from writing. Join two best-selling authors who have self-published more than 20 books between them. Now, on to the show with your hosts, Autumn Burt and Jasper Schmidt. Hello, I'm Jesper. And I'm Autumn. This is episode 97 of the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. And uh, you've heard it before, the famous term author voice. But what is it exactly and how do you develop one? Or should you even be concerned about your author voice in the first place? That's some of the questions that we will seek to answer in today's episode. Oh, it'll be so much fun because... I it was I did I actually did some homework for this one again. I did some research oh, no. and figuring <laughs> some stuff out. Um because it is I can see why it's a confusing topic and I some of the posts I read about it. I'm like, "No, that's not what you're actually talking about." So, it'll be interesting to break this one and unpack it. But first, how is the moving saga now that the house has been officially contracted? Yeah, it's 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 going well. Uh, we signed the lease on an apartment, which is only like two minutes walk from the beach. So that's amazing. <laughs> that is so amazing. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember if I already mentioned it on, on on a previous podcast episode. If I did, then sorry, dear listener. But uh, he's so excited. We're actually looking. Yeah, we, we're looking forward to moving actually, and the the kids are also really much looking forward it uh, to it because they're. They're going to get closer to their school and to their friends. You know, from from the apartment, it's only a 50-minute bus ride to school. Mm. Whereas today, we have to drive the kids every time. And it takes, if they were to take the bus today, it would take them an hour, a bit more than an hour to get to school and to visit their friends and so on. So, yeah, the kids are very much looking forward to it. But, yeah, my wife and I are also uh, looking forward because it's going to be releasing some pressure on us to act as chauffeurs all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to get away with uh, not having to drive the kids way before they turn 16. So that's exciting. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. But I, I think that the trick becomes now, how do we get all the stuff from a house to fit into an apartment, which is probably like f- almost 50 square meters smaller than the house. <laughs> wow. So it's going to demand some serious organization skills to pull that off. <laughs> yeah, I, you guys are definitely going to have a few things in storage, which we already talked about the strategies of labeling boxes. So <laughs> yeah. I think you guys are all we, we have to get a storage room. There's no way around that. No, but it'll be exciting, and it's it's fun to clean out the cupboards and get rid of some things. This from the person who's gotten rid of like 99% of the stuff she's owned, so don't get me started. I don't know if I would use the word fun, but uh, but okay. <laughs> it's cathartic. How's cathartic? That's a good word. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair okay. enough. At least it will be done. Once it's over with, then I will mm. feel like it was nice. But sure. I, in the process itself, I'm not so excited oh. about it. No, that's always the hard part, going through it. Yeah, yeah. 
How about you? Oh, it's good. It's the leaves are falling here in Vermont so much. It looks like it's snowing yellow, <laughs> and it's oh, it's beautiful. And we've had some rain. That sounds nice. It is nice. The rains have come back, so our our little pond and stream outside the cabin have actually filled. So we have flowing water. It's very picturesque. A little chilly. Perfect for staying inside next to the wood stove and writing, which is good because. Um, being my insane self, I have my own bucket to do for M writing fantasy to keep things going here. And I have some clients and people I'm helping with their books or their covers, including some tarot cards. I'm going to suddenly found myself doing some graphic design for. And meanwhile, I'm trying to finish up this trilogy I'm writing and hope to release in early 2021. And I just, I, I dreamt last night that I was dreaming, so <laughs> I'm starting to layer my need for sleep in my dreams. It's Inception. <laughs> it is. I woke up thinking, I'm dreaming about dreaming. This is not a good sign, but I love, I love, where, I love the direction everything's heading in. I just need more time in the day. I need, I need Hermione's little hourglass clock yeah. so I can build myself some extra hours. That would be fantastic. But what if you only woke up from your dream into another dream, but you don't know you're dreaming? Well, today's been really good, so I want to stick to this one. I'm good. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine with living in a dream. It just okay. if this one can manifest <laughs> some more dragons and magic, that would be awesome. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, that act. Yeah. As long as you are well, then you have to also have to be immortal or something. You don't okay. want to get roasted by a dragon or something. Okay. Yes. As long as the dragon is my pet <laughs> and will protect I, me. Okay, okay. That'll work too. All right. That'll work too. Problem solved. Yeah. A week on the internet with the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Now that we are only three episodes away from episode 100 it would be a good time for you to submit your questions yes time is almost running out and we need some more questions so please send us something anything it doesn't have to be about writing it can be about what it's like to live in a tiny cabin in vermont or to sell your house in denmark and move into an apartment <laughs> anything yeah, that, well, yeah, that might be a bit boring for somebody in the U.S. to <laughs> yeah, to know how you sell a house in Denmark. <laughs> but someone might want to know. Oh, it could be anything. Maybe. Yeah, I, I've traveled all across North America in a land cruiser, including some amazingly difficult, like, oh, boiling the brakes and having the muffler shear off, and that one time with the grizzly bear. But, you know, so if you're curious, ask. I, yeah, and sometimes... If, yeah. I was going to say, I want to know more about when you were in New Zealand and you went to Hobbit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was cool. If I have to come up with questions, I know where I'm going. (laughs) Right. Yeah, that's cool. And sometimes as well, I meet some really crazy people when I'm out refereeing. So maybe there's some (laughs) stories you want to hear there. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) You do. Those are always some interesting stories. I had no idea the world of uh, soccer or football is um, so... Deeply strange. <laughs> it's interesting. It's just a. Uh, it's filled with a lot of very, very passionate people. That's true. Uh, and uh, 
they can't always control their passion. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I think that sounds reasonable. I've I've never been a sports person. Um, recently managed to get to play pool, which is one of the few sports I enjoy, if you can call it a sport, because it's really mathematical, which is right. kind of sad. Yeah, but I um, like that too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but besides having gone to do that, I have never been a sports fanatic or even a huge movie buff. So I don't quite, when I see these people like chanting and nearly tearing apart stadiums, I, I don't, I, I will never write a sports fan as a character because I don't think I can get into their head. <laughs> no, actually, uh, now that you said that, it just reminded me, um, it was quite impressive how everybody could keep calm this last Saturday because, uh, uh, well, well, now you prompted me. So I just need to, <laughs> very quick detour here, just to a short, very short story. But um, this Saturday I had a match in the, basically the, well, the stadium here in this, in the main city close to where I, I'm living. Um, so I had a match there. And then in the morning, I was woken up by a phone call from the football association and they said, mm. Oh, we are in really big trouble. Can you take a second match today? Oh. Uh, and I was like in the morning, I, you know, the, the call woke me up. So I was a bit like disoriented and like, yeah, where, well, what, when? And uh, they said, yeah, it's just in the, it's, it was like, what is that? I don't know what that is in miles, but it's like 60 kilometers from oh. where I live. That's actually yeah, so it's not, it's not far, far in yeah. US uh, standards, but it's far enough that it takes a while to drive there. Um, and uh, I did some quick calculation of distances in, in my head. And I was like, well, that's not really going to work, is it? Because if I'm going to take that match, I will not be able to get to the other match in time. And she said, no, I know, but we don't have any other referees. So can you take it? <laughs> And I was like, yeah, okay. But then you, if you then call the, uh, the other teams at the, the later match just to tell them that I will not make it in time so that they know. And, uh, and she said, yeah, yeah, no problem. I'll, I'll do that. And I'll tell them that this was the football association causing this, right? So they don't, don't get upset with you. And I said, okay, that's fine. Then I'll do it. So I went and I refereed the first match. And then I drove as fast as I could <laughs> back to the town here where I live. And it was just so weird because, uh, speaking of people keeping calm, because there was not a lot, but there might have been like a hundred spectators oh. in the stadium. So it's not a lot, but uh, it was like a under nineteenth, uh, but highest league for youth people. So it's oh, like yeah. under nineteenth uh, at the highest level you can play at. Wow! So so they're 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 pretty good, um, and um, there was a, probably like a hundred people there to watch the game. And they were just sitting there, twiddling their thumbs, <laughs> thumbs in stadium, like, and and then the referee walks in like 15 minutes after the game should have started, and everybody's oh, just no. sitting there looking at, and I'm walking in like la 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 la. la. <laughs> yeah, well, of course I heard as much as I could, but in and you know take on some a different shirt and whatnot, and then onto the pitch straight away and just start the match. Oh my it, goodness! It was a bit, uh, but it was amazing. Everybody was just so calm and relaxed, and everybody except there was no complaints about anything. So that was actually pretty good. Uh, so I don't know what you said just reminded me of that. <laughs> That's a good story. Just like the kind of questions we want and the stories we hope to yeah. tell for a hundredth episode. So that's a good one. Oh, that's too funny. Yeah. So we added a link in the show notes from where you can post your questions. Uh, it'll take you to a simple Google form. 
and you can leave a written question there if you want. But of course, we would prefer an audio or video file where you ask your questions. So that way we can play it during episode 100. Yes, we can have your voice with us on the air. If this is air, what is podcasting? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and of course, if you want to record a video of yourself, you know, don't, don't worry about where you're punching the camera. <laughs> uh, we don't need the actual images. We just need the audio. So yeah, point the camera at the floor or the wall or something if you want. And then we, <laughs> we, because we're just going to strip off the audio anyway. So yeah, we don't, we don't need any images. Uh, so Yes. Yeah. But all right, before we finish off this segment, we also need to give a huge thank you to Shirley. I hope I am pronouncing that correctly. That was my David Goslin and yeah, yeah. David Goslin and also Guildmaster Sev. Yes, thank so, you. Thank you so much us. for joining us on Patreon. Um I think well I have said this before, I know, but <laughs> in all honesty, uh, the, the support on Patreon is really what justifies the time that we spend recording these podcast episodes every week. So don't get me wrong. We love creating this podcast and that's the main drive behind why we do it. But that said, it is still time we could have spent on writing. So hence, <laughs> just a dollar on Patreon a month really helps us keep the lights on. So if you haven't checked out Patreon yet, there is a link in the show notes. And uh, I should, uh, yeah, I, I should just tell you to take a look at the cool <laughs> rewards we offer there if you haven't done so already. So uh, yeah, the link is in the show notes. And we would love to have you come and take a look. And on to today's topic. Oh, sorry, I was playing my music too fast there. <laughs> That's okay. I had a quick uh, internet hiccup, which, yeah, I'm on cell phone tower repeaters through rural Vermont woods. What can I say? It's yeah, that's nice, isn't it? It's nice, except for the internet. We won't get into internet. I am very jealous of your internet. But anyway. Oh, we could have a conversation about that if you want. No, I don't think that's what people are tuning in for. They want to know about Arthur Voice. So we'll just jump into that and we'll hope that mine steadies out and the falling leaves do not somehow mysteriously interrupt the airwaves. Or maybe it was a dragon eating a tower. I'm not sure. It was something. It could have been. It might have been. I don't know. I'll have to talk to my dreams again. <laughs> right. Okay, but let's start out by defining what we're talking about when we speak of author voice. And I can just start out with a definition I found. And then you mentioned that you you saw quite a few different uh, definitions of it. So maybe you, you have something to add to it. But Absolutely. At least from... Well, a way I would define it would be to say that author voice is, it's the choice of words, the way you punctuate, uh, how the author conveys personality in their characters. It's, it's basically like a unique identifier that sometimes at least allows you to recognize the author's writing, even if you don't know who wrote what you are reading. So... Yeah, if, if the author voice is strong enough, you can just out of reading it, you will tell this is author X. Yes, I so always... I think that's how I would say it. I think that's a good one. And I what I saw a lot on the internet is from other bloggers was they were confusing author voice with character voice. And those are, they overlap the spheres of them, but 
technically they're totally different. Your characters can have a voice, a way of speaking, what they describe that is entirely different from your yourself, your own like personal voice, who you are as a person, as well as your author voice, which is how you write things, which is often, uh, if especially when you're newer, it's very similar to how you write things, but it's uh, more how you perceive the world and how you put it on paper. But your characters, you know, I've written... Um, a dystopian thriller that has this politician and oh i always felt like i was doing like mental gymnastics to squeeze my brain into this characters because i am not a male politician from spain i don't know where that came from but that's the character and once i got into his head i could write stuff that i never would think of as a person but technically i think when you broke it down there would you'd still pull, be able to pull out pieces and say these are examples of author voice which we'll get into but i do want to point that out that character voice the way the characters are talking in the dialogue is actually kind of a different thing it's not your author voice actually i would almost say that <laughs> if you if we go with the idea for just a second here that the character voice is the author voice, like you found on some of those blogs there. I haven't read mm -hmm. those blogs, so in all transparency, I'm <laughs> just guessing. making up hot air here. <laughs> but, uh, um, but if we just go with that idea for a second, wouldn't that just mean that, let's say you have a strong author voice and the author voice is the unique identifier I just defined. Mm -hmm. But if you then say that, that's the character's voice. Wouldn't that just mean that every single character sounds exactly the same? Because they all speak in the author's voice? I think, I think that could happen, but that's not what you're going for. You want your characters to sound no, no, unique. I, no, no, I agree. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think you're right. And that's why I think there's some confusion. And maybe why, maybe especially novice authors might think character voice is author voice or authors who have a problem separating characters from themselves, which I've definitely seen in some books I've edited and some novice things where it's just like every character sounds the same, which sounds exactly like the narrator. It's all just written in author voice. But if you do a good job developing your characters, and especially when they almost like pop alive in your head and they talk and think so entirely different from you that it's, it is like putting on someone else's skin. That's a really mm. strong character voice. And it'll have pieces of it that are part of author voice or are part of your voice, but it's going to be this tiny little, like it's the salt in the recipe. It's not the overall cake that comes out. And yes, I know I'm back to food metaphor. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I think uh, speaking of characters, because um, I think a very good example of this is uh, way back in episode 31 of the I'm Writing Fantasy podcast here. We had the highly successful fantasy author, Lindsay Barocca on to talk about the importance of writing in series. Uh, but I've read several of Lindsay's books and she writes these, well, sometimes they're very snarky characters. Other <laughs> times it's just like very humorous ones, but her characters are always very distinct. Uh -huh. uh, and it's definitely part of her author voice, the way she creates characters and the way that they behave. That's part of how she writes. Uh, and I don't think she will disagree with me when I say that many of her readers, they come back because of the characters. That's why they read her stories. 
But that's not to say that her character sounds the same because they don't. No. But they all have this very like Lindsay Baroka kind of mark on them. You know, you, you yeah. know that it is her characters. Um, but they are very different characters. They have different goals. They have different motivations. They speak in different ways. But it is just, uh, well, I, I can't, because, and this is probably the difficult part of it because it's a unique identifier. It's sometimes, sometimes hard to put your finger on what exactly it is. But she just has a way of creating characters that is her own way. Yeah. And either people love it, some, some hate it, <laughs> and, and they don't want to read her books. A lot, a lot of people, I have to say a lot, <laughs> like it, and they read her books. Uh, so, so that's a good example of, of what that... you just talked about. Yeah, that's an exact, a perfect example. And that's just sort of stepping back and looking at it from a big picture. So yeah, the way an author creates characters and how well they're created and how unique and different and whatever it is about them is part of your voice. It's part of what you become known for as an author, if that's your style. Or if you have, you know, the gritty detective, you know, those other types, there's different ways of writing and you would be known for that if you're always have a touch of romance that might be part of your author voice so it is it is something i actually had a i had a reader leave a review and i have to admit i looked for it before this one but i have 20 mm -hmm. books out and i can't remember which book this one was on but they had described that it, they read a few chapters and then the uh, as they put it the author's familiar hand came in and they knew it was one of my books. And I was like, oh, that right. was so... It was such a beautiful way of phrasing it that I wish I could have found the review because it summed up how a reader looks at author's voice, how they can say, ah, this is this author. It's like picking up a Neil Gaiman with, you know, having the cover of the title ripped off and about, you know, six sentences in, you'd be like, oh, I know who wrote this. That's mm -hmm. when you know you have found an author's voice. Yeah, indeed. Or if we take some someone like Agatha Christie, uh, you know, her style was like heavily influenced by her time as a nurse in World War One. Mm -hmm. um, she has often characters use poison to carry out the murders <laughs> in her stories. Um, she also let the psychological trauma of war affect her characters. Yes. So that's. You know, that's that's a way where her experiences bleeds into her stories, and that's definitely part of her author voice. Yes, that's very true, and such it is. I can see it changing over time. Like I wonder, um, especially from a novice author, but say if you're a novice author in your twenties and you wrote to your sixties, seventies, or eighties, I'm sure your author voice would also change and evolve because you're going to go through so many changes in your life. I mean, can you imagine like if you, especially if you started writing as a teenager, can you imagine? And so your career is going to span mm. meeting someone, falling in love, maybe having kids, getting married and all these things, how your author voice is probably going to deepen or change over time. I know when I look back at like my first book and I mean, that was only written seven, eight, nine years ago, something like that. I know if I wrote it today, it would sound to me, I think it would sound nothing like what it is written. It would come out different, similar, but different. But I also know that it would be recognizable as mine. And I think it's that recognizable element. That is what your author's voice is. And probably some aspects might not change over your entire life. I mean, for one of them is like how we're saying, like how you develop characters, uh, how much description mm. you put into things. You know, are you an author who sits there and 
talks about smelling the orange blossoms in the breeze or you one that's just pretty much like, you know, you're straight to the action. Those are differences in how you write and that's part of your voice. Yeah, and then I feel like throwing a bit of curveball here and then see what you think about it. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> You're like challenging me on while we're recording, tell me you. Yeah, yeah I, I usually come up with things and then I don't tell about you about it in advance. Just to, <laughs> just to throw it <laughs> because out Because I feel it's more interesting. You don't like it, but I feel it's interesting. <laughs> you like to see me think of my feet. <laughs> No, no, it's not too bad, I promise. Okay. It's, it's more like a reflection that I'm All curious right. about your thoughts on. Uh, because if we take somebody like J.K. Rowling, for example, um, she writes commercial fiction. Uh, so does Lindsay Broker, by the way, and, uh, well, so do you and I. Right. Um, but the thing is that if we go into, like, the helicopter view around author voice, then... I feel like if you look at it from a literary critic's perspective, they don't really spend any time analyzing works that are labeled as commercial fiction. You know, they, they would look at more experimental in writing style and then say, okay, look at this very distinct author voice here and how this is different from what we've seen before. And this is a very brave writing or whatever. Whereas the commercial fiction is just trying to tell a good story. And that's it. You know, Rowling focuses on her audience and she writes for them to get the story across in as a transparent manner as possible where the prose doesn't get in the way of the story at all. So, and I'm just, my reflection here is just, is that if we're talking about commercial fiction, how much do we then say is that it, author voice that... plays into that versus uh, other types of, uh, you know, fiction where author voice might be more clear, you know, it might be more easy to spot. Yes. All right. So author voice, it's, I think it's speculative fiction with uh, commercial fiction. It is more, it is toned down, but it's still there. I mean, if you think about like Ernest Hemingway and his turn of phrase and how he wrote, I mean, it's so easy mm -hmm. to know that that was, you know, that's Hemingway or especially with the style where there is a third person, like omniscient narrator, narrator or a narrator. The narrator often comes across as an author voice, even though sometimes it is a character, but something about it creates more of a, in the literary fiction has more of a distinctive author voice and poetry to me is a really yeah. good example. Yeah. Uh, poets have their, where their punctuation, where they stop the sentences, the words they use, um, those, you read a whole book, book of poetry, you'd have a very good feel for that author's voice. And it's often, I mean, you read some poems and you know whether or not you like these authors you, or you're gonna like the entire po book of poetry just based on one or two poems. And it's usually based on the subject and the author's voice. But so I think it's, I do think it's it's different with commercial fiction, but it is still there because it's more of a hidden layer. It's a, it's still present though. I mean, where we punctuate, uh, how we develop our characters, whether we use descriptions, those types of things, whether we're fast paced, whether we have that little bit of romance, you get a feel for what is the package that when you of that author, what you're gonna expect in every single one of the books. 
And that is, it's more than voice, I think, when it comes to speculative fiction. It's like author plotting as well. It's all tied in there. You get the author mm -hmm. brand, basically, is sort of your author voice. Yeah, and of course, uh, well, I mentioned Lindsay Baroka a minute ago, right? I mean, uh, she she writes uh, commercial fiction uh, as well, and uh, her characters is definitely very clear part of her author voice. So it's it's not like... I'm not. I'm not trying to say that in commercial fiction there is no author voice. I'm just saying that I think it might be a bit harder to notice it. You have to look yeah. a bit harder. No, I I agree, and I think that's maybe why a lot of commercial fiction fantasy authors, especially, they we wonder like, what is our author voice? Is it the character's voice? What is? It's this nebulous thing, and that's because it is not as forward as it is in like nonfiction, you have a very strong author voice in literary fiction you have a very strong author voice but in commercial fiction and mm. fantasy fiction it's it's much subtler because we do want the story to be forefront you know we're telling this story where i like that phrase you get the prose out of the way you know you're trying to uh get those words from encumbering the story you want it to flow and be a beautiful story that people yeah. don't get hung up on certain phrases where yeah you yeah, do yeah, literary indeed, fiction indeed. you're like you know you could have so much more fun with metaphors i've had people yell at me for some of my metaphors because I didn't think they worked together quite correctly but yeah it's part of my author voice get rid of it get used to it yeah but that that is so true because it, it is also I think we also need to be mindful that it's different readers uh, yes. I mean the people who love to read books where they can just swell in how the author you know put together these words to make wonderful sentences and so on those readers are different readers than the ones who picks up a commercial fiction paperback and just tears through it, right? Yes. Because they want to absorb the story. It's not the same thing. I mean, if if you want to, at least for me, I mean, I, I prefer as well to read commercial fiction. I, I like the stories. I'm not there to, to read the wonderful prose and whatnot. <laughs> it can probably start annoying me a bit if there's too much of it. So hence, that's also the kind of stories that I write uh, because I, do, I don't like to write overly prose-heavy stuff. Mm -hmm. um, of course, I want it to sound good and whatnot. That's <laughs> not what I'm saying, right? But, but it's just, I think your own preferences bleed into, bleeds into your author voice. I mean, for example, I know if I write, when I write nonfiction, it's a very different tone and a style than what I use when I write fiction because it's, it's different things you know it's different right. mediums uh, so you adapt and you adapt to that no that makes total sense yes and i think um because that was actually another review which i thought was so funny that an author had pointed out on my work and they had said that um each of her series totally are you totally unique from one another her writing style seems to shift a bit to accommodate the story and I think that's what's so true about commercial fictions and our author voice is that we do change the tone. You change the tone to fit the character. You change the tone to fit the story. If I'm writing Noble Bright, it's going to be a lot brighter and happier. And there's going to be other tones to it than when I'm writing like some of the darkest fantasies that I'm writing that is much more gritty and end of the world sort of stuff. So our, I think we're a little more malleable we kind of hide it and we kind of nuance different things because we don't want it to get in the way of the story, but there's still, you know, the, how often we use metaphors, 
that I do always make sure I set a scene very well. Uh, the characters, those are all sort of, like I said, it's, it's becomes almost more of a brand. You could almost pull out those aspects and say, these are my books. I am, this is the type of author I am. This is my brand. This is my author voice. Hmm. Yeah, and I guess a burning question that we could look into a bit here is how important is it to have or develop a distinct author voice? Because we're sort of tiptoeing around that question anyway now, right? <laughs> yes, I guess so. And the, I like to dance around questions. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I, you know, I, I think authors often want their writing to stand out, and yes. there, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I understand that, uh, but this author voice thingy here <laughs> is I think uh, and I'm curious what you think afterwards of course as well but I think it's really something you can be too concerned about developing because I honestly think that while it might be well it might take you some time to understand exactly what your style actually is but your author voice is in my view already there yeah. you know it, it's been developing since the very first day you started writing and so don't overthink it. Yeah. That's kind of how I, I, I view this. <laughs> I think so. I think if you are writing fantasy, commercial fix, fiction, and a new author came to me and they were, especially if they were stressed about their author voice or anyone asked me, I'd be like, don't even worry about it. Write the best story you can. Write the best characters you can. And you know what? Readers will probably, if the more you write, the more someone's going to point out like, oh, you always do this. And that might be how you find out what your author voice is. I, like I said, I've have, I have what, 20 books out now. So I kind of have an idea of what my author voice is and what I'm selling when I write a book. So I understand it. And I've had some readers with me since my, the first book. And by the way, if you're out there, I love you. Thank you for sticking with me this many <laughs> years. But they... It, it comes as you write more. So your fans, when they become true fans, they're fans because of how you write, of what you write. So they come over time and you don't even have to work on them because it's, it is a part of you and your personality and sort of how you put those words on paper. I did one of the blog posts I wrote um, said, you know, someone pointed out that she writes just the way she speaks and so that mm -hmm. it is sort of the part of it. I mean, if you are snarky or have a sense of humor, it's going to bleed through into some of the characters you create, the way they look at the world. As much as we try to create characters who are separate from us, there's still something we create in, I don't know, the hand of God or goddess <laughs> that we are mm -hmm. as authors. Mm -hmm. We're going to imbue them with some little sense of looking at the world the way we look at the world and that's that little little touch that's your author voice coming through in everything you write it'll be there but if don't sit there and do like exercises to learn to develop your voice i mean i guess you could go write some poems you'll probably figure out your voice very quickly but it's not going to translate well into a hundred thousand words novel <laughs> No, and I think when you're first starting out writing and if you're already experienced uh, writing uh, the listeners here, some listeners will be, I think that they will probably recognize that what happens a lot is that when you're first starting out, you have a tendency to copy a bit the style of writing that your favorite authors write in. Uh, but then after a while, it starts morphing into your own thing. Yes. 
Um, but I don't think really that you can sit down and say, okay, now I want to develop my own author voice because I, I don't think it works like that. Um, it's not, it's not like a skill that you can acquire. I, I think it's just, well, finding your author voice is just a process of writing and writing and writing some more <laughs> and then it'll come. Definitely. And I do think I still, at this point, if I read a book while I'm writing, I can feel a little bit of the tone of it sneak into my writing. But I do think the mm. editing can, you know, evens it out. That's what good editing does. It takes care of some of those changes because goodness knows, even though I've learned to write very quickly, if your writing style over a trilogy over six months can change from book one to book three easily so it's you know those that's what editing is good for is making sure it all sounds like it was the same person written you know consistently but it is definitely something that is there but it doesn't have to be it develops like you said i think you can change a little bit over time as your experience changes over time but there's probably going to be some essence that's just simply you and the way you look at the world since you opened your eyes the first time Mm. Yeah, and uh, I've also heard examples of, you know, wh when people co-write books, uh, I mean, mm. in our case, we're not a good example, because in our <laughs> case, uh, you know, uh, you will be the one doing all the editing. So in the end, it'll be more in your voice as such, which is fine. Uh, so but I'm thinking more about the scenarios where I've heard people who they might write alternating points of view, or alternating chapters. Oh, yeah, that would be so cool. in those cases, I think you will be able to recognize uh, that there is a difference in the way each of those chapters are written. Uh, I've not, I've just heard this, so it's hearsay. I've not mm -hmm. read any of the such books myself, but I've heard people say that they can tell which author was writing which chapter. That makes, I, I am sure. I actually think about that when we do Patreon posts because I do Monday posts and you do ones at the end of the week. And sometimes yeah. I try to remember to quote unquote sign mine, put my name at the bottom because I know, you know, we get new Patreons. They don't know which one of us is writing. But I wonder, I think I've seen one or two say, oh, I knew it was you or I knew it was you from on the comment because of how you said something. And so yeah, it people do pick up those nuances. Though I will say... Um, doing transcripts and putting our names on the transcripts of our podcast, I get lost sometimes. <laughs> so <laughs> who said what? Uh, so sometimes you know, the longer we know each other, I think we're going to have to watch that. We might start talking a little bit alike, <laughs> but we have very similar viewpoints on things. So I think that's, that's just the way things go sometimes. That's all right. Considering we're on opposite sides yeah, of the sure. Atlantic, it's kind of funny. Absolutely, yeah. No, no, but but I, I just think it it proves the point, right? That yeah. um, we have our own way of saying things. I mean, of course, when if you're using the podcast transcript as an example, that mm -hmm. that comes out just the way we speak. So, but of course, when you are handling fiction, mm -hmm. you are editing it, meaning that I would get rid of all the speech impediments I have <laughs> <laughs> and, and correct those and make it sound different. Also making sure that I don't start every sentence with so or something <laughs> like that, right? <laughs> like I said in the previous podcast that I have a tendency to do. Right. Um, 
So I would <laughs> I would then edit edit out all those so's um, to make sure that we start different paragraphs uh, and different sentences differently and, and and so on, right? But whereas the transcript is a bit different because that's just us speaking. Yes. But with fiction, I, I think some of the author voice lies in the editing as well. I think it does too because I know that's when you might work in some more metaphors. That's when you might break up sentences and ease in things or add in the description. So whatever you do, it is part of creating your voice. I know I recently read something that was, you know, the, the writer didn't do many edits. And I know when, like, when I'm doing edits, I'm like nine passes, which I, I'm a little obsessed. I like editing. So <laughs> I tend to do layers and layers and layers of passes when I edit. And, Again, that is then part of my style, which comes across in my voice. And I know I, when I look at something and it's not written the same way, I know it's usually the polish is not there because it's not in the editing. And I, I even know when I'm writing, um, I wouldn't have called it my voice until I sat down and thought of it while we're recording this episode. But when <laughs> my writing is flowing and it's just like it's coming so easily, whether I'm writing in a character's voice or anything it's because, you know, the author's voice is strong. Everything is, you know, you, when you have that synergy and writing is going well, that's usually, that's when your author's voice is just, everything's just golden and everything's working well. But when I can't find that character voice, when I can't find my style and my flow, it's probably because I'm off a little bit and I just need to sit down and maybe, you know, get into my own head and, and maybe put on my headphones and write a little bit better and that'll bring out the author's voice. Hmm. Yeah, and it, it might also be a case of the more mindful you become of your own unique style and your own author voice, the more you can you can play on it on purpose and put uh -huh. it to use. Yeah, don't yeah. you think? I would think so, and that's that would be so something <laughs> I would think and say because I love once my readers do know me well enough, I start misleading them. That's just sort of the fun, you know. It's like the Pied Piper of Hamlin. You never know if you're going to the seaside or the cliff. <laughs> yeah yeah but I, I just think overall don't worry too much about this author voice thing right i mean you can read many blog posts on the internet where people talk so much about how if you don't have a unique author voice then you're not memorable uh, and you you're basically doomed and <laughs> what else uh, but, and but pay I me think... 150 dollars per hour and i'll teach you to do yours no that's yeah, oh, yeah. Don't that, that might be there as well <laughs> yeah i'm sure it is it's gotta be no i agree you don't have to stress about your author's voice if you're worried about being memorable there are so many you know you're plotting your characters just write really good fiction you have that little twist write something you love that is more important mm. than sitting there and niggling about whether or not you've created a unique author voice to me it, writing as we often say it's a marathon not a sprint you know when you start getting your second series your third series as you develop all these books not only will you have found your author's voice you'll have found fans who love you for your author's voice and it will have all worked itself out without you worrying a bit about it. So don't lose any sleep and don't dream about dreaming because that's just really confusing. You might never wake up. <laughs> oh, that was a bit dark. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> 
No, but the good news is that the cure is pretty easy, right? Just write. That's yeah. the cure. Uh, you know, if the author voice isn't clear to you now, it will become clear at, as time goes by. Yeah. And just keep writing, right? I mean, absolutely. end of story, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, when you, it's a great question to ask your, your readers in your newsletter after you've, you know, published a couple of series saying, hey, what's your favorite aspect? What do you think is, you know, my author's voice? And see what people say, because it could be a lot of fun. All right, so next Monday we will do another one of our popular alternating lists. Woo! We will share the top 10 mistakes amateur writers make. If you like what you just heard, there's a few things you can do to support the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Please tell a fellow author about the show and visit us at Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. You can also join Autumn and Jasper on Patreon.com slash AmWritingFantasy. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get awesome rewards and keep the Am Writing Fantasy podcast going. Stay safe out there and see you next Monday.